Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best salad. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. We have ways of making you best salad. Welcome to We Got This with Mark and Hal, the show that settles debates nobody else will touch, and you shouldn't touch this, you should eat it with a fork, because it's gross. You get germs on stuff? If you eat it with your hands. Not In general, it's not gross. It's exciting, Hal. It's a salad. It's springtime. It's 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 freshness. It's exciting. Do you get excited about salads, Hal? No. I'm not excited (laughs) about salads. I enjoy salads. Yeah, salads are enjoyable. I've gotten good, excited about some good, good part ones. of a meal. Yeah. If it's like a like, I, I get excited after the, if I'm like, this is the best version of this salad, which I really enjoy. Yeah, that I've ever had, and there have been a couple. There's one that I think of my birthday in 2002. I think it was or three was like the worst. Parents forgot to call me. No, like oh. no, like like just. The thing about a January birthday is it's kind of like a crappy time of year. Like it's yeah. not summertime. People are either on winter break or it's cold. You can't do a bunch yeah. of stuff. Sure. That's that why year, Elvis's singing was so soulful. That's right. I had a friend at the time was like, let's go see a movie. No, no good movies come out in January. No. Not in 2000. But there are movies that are out from before. Yeah, but I've, I've already seen all those. So that's what do we right. go to see? Black Hawk Down. What a great birthday movie. Wow. <laughs> and guess what? Guess what movie I hate now? Black Hawk Down. I hate Black Hawk Down. I hate it. Just because, because of the, because you associated with your terrible birthday, with a bad birthday. Oh. But it ended on a good note. My best friend uh, John, who lived here at the time, he was in Pasadena, and I went up there and he took me out to dinner at this Italian place in like Old Town, Pasadena, where I had a Caesar salad that's so good that I think about it like all the time. No kidding. I like frequently think about it throughout my like daily, like throughout my life, not every single day, but like I often remember that salad fondly. If you have a good meal that sticks in your head, that it can be a lifer, man. It can stay there forever. Sure. You can remember it visually and the flavors of it. I have a lot of meals that I've, uh, that I've eaten in the past. I'm about to have 10 hot wings that are probably going to stay in my memory for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and may stay well, yeah. in other parts of my body for a very short but very memorable amount of time. I did not expect the Hot Ones sauces, which I ordered, which have been delivered yeah. to my home for the purposes of our We Got This, which is going to be bonus content for people who are members. They'll get to hear us do a, a clean slate with these wings and these hot Ooh. sauces. I did not expect it to be as big as it is, but they are full giant bottles of hot sauce, 10 well. of them. Enjoy and, those. Uh, I will have a couple of drops of each. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Well, it's going to be more than a couple drops. We're going to like the wings will be like coated in it, not like heavily, but we're going to yeah. toss the wings in the sauce so that we like no matter where you bite it, you're getting I'm so scared about this. How I'm not thrilled. One of them's all mushrooms and I'm not I hate mushrooms. <laughs> I hate them. I hate the flavor. I hate the smell. But I hope it's so hot that I just don't feel anything. I think that's what it will be. Honestly, I think we're going to wind up. It's going to be so hot that you won't even taste the mushrooms. Real quick, tiny clean slate topic. Are you uh, drums or flats? Just generally. Not a clean slate topic, just that you're personal. Drums, 100%. Yeah. Flats are too much work. You can do like the umbrella. You can, there's like a plate, a way you can like twist it and pull it. And then you got, but like it's so much. Yeah. It's not a bop it. I'm not, I don't want to eat a bop it. I want to eat a drumstick. Exactly. I don't want a method to tr- to eat it yeah. without it being a hassle. Like it's yeah. built in that it is a hassle. Yeah, drums are better. But we're not here to talk about hot sauce yet. No. We're here to talk about salad. Though there is one salad on the list of classic salads that is really, really spicy, like almost inedibly spicy, the ones that I've had in the past. What? But it's v- – oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. How would you like to break this down, Hal? Do you want to start? Because I have a couple of different categories that we can play with, but we've also got some real classic salads on here. Uh, some classic American salads. We have some classic salads that, from restaurants. We also have some mm-hmm. classic salads that are just culturally, they go back so far that they're not associated with any restaurant. And we also have some, uh, one specific category, a couple of different specific categories of salad that are not necessarily the first thing that jumps to mind. When you say like restaurant signature, do you mean like at Claim Jumper when they bring you a dumpster full of shredded iceberg with ranch <laughs> all over it? Yes, but surprisingly, that's not, I didn't think that was a contender for best. Mm. I know there's so much. What, how, what other salad can you go swimming in like your Scrooge McDuck? <laughs> Do you dive off of your giant crouton diving board yeah. into a, uh, a big old dumpster of ranch? Just eating all that ranch. It's healthy. <laughs> just, oh, just <laughs> ra- like fatty ranch everywhere. Yeah. Here in Hidden Valley. I don't like ranch dressing that much. You know, I like it in small amounts. Generally for a salad, what is your technique for dressing it? Well, I'm a drencher. Yeah? But I tend to do light balsamic vinaigrette. Oh, okay. I like it tossed. I don't like it drizzled on top and try. I, I want it to be evenly distributed. 100%. When I get to the bottom of the salad, I want some dressing as well as at the top, mm-hmm. which is why I like I like those more like not composed, tossed, like a tossed salad. Yeah. Because that way you have a good mix of everything. Mm-hmm. But my favorite kind of salad, my personal favorite is Caesar salad, which I don't think is for everybody. Right. But that's always like, unless they get real fancy with it, where they're like, here are whole stalks of romaine and it's drizzled on top. And then you're sort of figuring out, you're budgeting your dressing. Right. So I like to pour some dressing. I don't intend to have as much as I do. It just never looks like enough. I prefer to to do whatever amount of salad dressing is reasonable and then tossing. Yeah, I'm a toss, I'm a toss person as well. I do like a composed salad. If I go to a restaurant and I want it to look pretty, composed meaning where it's all like laid out and everything's pretty on the salad. Yeah. Wedge cob. Oh, a wedge I didn't even put on the list. Mm -hmm. That's a little respect I have for going to a restaurant and paying 20 bucks for a a quarter of a head of iceberg lettuce. But there's bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Blue cheese dressing, tomato. Sure. Sure. That is, uh, that's a thing that's, I feel like the wedge salad is a salad that was invented for meat dudes who uh, think that you're technically supposed to have a salad at the beginning of your meal. So like, all right, I'll have this thing that feels like the steak version of a salad. Just give me a big old hunk. That section of the menu just says, let's get this over with. Yeah, exactly. But I'm a light dressing person. I don't like a ton of dressing on a salad. Like one little ramekin, the little plastic ramekin with the lid on it. I will pour that over a salad and usually have some of that left over. And then I'll put the lid back on my salad and shake it up. Uh, Oh, yeah. That's because I do want to go. Yeah. If I'm a to go salad, like, or if I've ordered a salad, but yeah, I do like it tossed. I like there to be an even coating, but I'm generally, I like to err on the side of the dressing not being the star of the salad. But we can start with a salad Hold where on. the dressing is the star. What? Wait, are you meat dude? Would I'm you a meat dude. Call yourself a meat dude? You think you're a meat dude? Uh, well, I think we're, we're both meat dudes, aren't we? We, we both eat meat. Yeah. We like a good steak I enjoy or a good a piece salad. of chicken. Like, I get a salad yeah. because uh, is is all right. Let me. I just want a Jeff Foxworthy this real quick. Yeah. If if I if <laughs> you if I get a salad because I'm like I I need to have something. That has some green in here. Mm. I'll probably get like a steamed broccoli or steamed spinach or something with it on the side as well. But like the salad makes me feel like I'm being healthy. Not like I should, like sort of like I should, but I'm not dreading it. It's just sort of like, so somehow evens out the whatever 18 ounce porterhouse bone in served on the side of the Flintstones car brought to the table. Does that make me a meat dude? Is that like the meat dutiest behavior? I think it's when I say meat dude, I don't know. It's yeah, the the meat dude is I'll put it this way, my uncle is a meat dude and when he orders a steak, the last thing he says before he orders a steak is, "And don't bring me none of that rabbit food, just the steak." <laughs> That's a meat dude to me. Like he doesn't even want it on the plate. He doesn't want to bother with the quote rabbit food. I'm a fan of let me ask you this. Are you a salad as main course person or salad as pre-meal or pre-main course appetizer person generally? 
Um, it depends. Can we talk more about your uncle being one of the side characters in a Three Stooges short? Oh, he's amazing. This is also the guy who eats it so rare that he will say, uh, they'll ask how he wants his steak and he'll say, knock its horns off, wipe its ass and bring it to me. Are you serious? This is a real person. This is a real person. And he's a physician. He's a physician. (laughs) It just, he sounds like a belt buckle with legs. Yeah, he basically is. Yeah. He's, uh, he's built like Meatwad from, uh, from Aqua Teen <laughs> Hunger Force. Sure. Yeah. It's you like, are what you eat. Yeah. Three feet tall, three feet wide. It says, I treat my body like a temple, the temple of doom. This guy is full of quips. Yeah. I prefer my salad first. I think you're, you're like the healthier thing. My understanding is, and this, this may no longer be true. It may have been believed to be true is that the salad is best eaten at the end of the meal because the roughage will force through everything else. I mean, I know a lot of Italians eat it at the end or maybe Italian Americans. <laughs> a lot of my, I like, I'm not like a huge find. I've, I've had the fortune of eating at a lot of fine steak restaurants, but that mm-hmm. is not, I've probably eaten more steaks at Outback than I have anywhere else in my life. And yeah. I always, the order of events is, Bloomin' onion, salad, mm-hmm. steak with with sides, usually like uh like mashed potatoes, but also steamed broccoli. Yeah, gotta have the steamed broccoli. Love me some first. steamed broccoli. Give me that broccoli first. Yeah, I always eat it first, and then like that's another trick. Like, well, I ate the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the then dessert. That would be the order at a at an outback because I'm not there to moderate. Yeah, that's fair. Eating, yeah. The broccoli doesn't fill you up you. too much because broccoli will no. fill me up quick. No, well, now I'm like in this, like, uh, because of these medications I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> what this should surprise no one who's been listening to this. But like my <laughs> new dessert is I slice up green apples and then I put a little bit of chocolate chips on Ooh, it. Ooh, that's nice. And guess what? It's great. I thought you were going to go full Judy Garland on me with all these medicines. I'm on my new dessert is pills. <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I was just recording my book into <laughs> I I hate to, to die on a plane. It would be Judy Garland and others and others on the plane. You know uh, these tapes, right? You've heard these? No, I have not heard before? these tapes. We've Judy talked about Garland, them before. Judy Garland, I think it was while she was fighting for the rights of her CBS show, she was needed money and they were like, Why don't you write a book? And she mm. did not want to write a book. So they said, We'll send you a tape recorder and just talk into the tape recorder and then we'll write that into a book and the tapes are i mean it is you know exactly where in her life judy garland is by wow. these tapes you can find them they are uh fascinating to listen to so do you i like hope someone has again? animated them i'm sh- oh please that's rule two of the internet i like a dessert salad at the end instead of dessert Instead of, but not a salad salad, like a dessert salad, like an ambrosia or a Watergate salad or yeah, but that's not a fruit salad. salad. Well, these but look, these all of these are salads. Them. We're going to talk about, we're going to get to all of the different types of salads. I'm generally, if I'm eating a salad, most of the time it is my meal. I'm an entree salad kind of person. Oh, sure. With like a protein. Yeah. I do like a small, I do, if, if the choices are soup or salad, I like to mix it up. I frequently like to do, for some reason, one that I really love, and it maybe it's just because I liked it as a kid, is that super simple Italian restaurant salad where it's just romaine, cucumbers, cherry tomatoes, shredded carrots, and Italian or ranch dressing. It's that, here's a little combination of vegetables to begin your meal before we bring you your pizza. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And I love it. It's great. It's small. I don't think that's going to win. I think it's going to be one of the classics. And what better way to begin than with the classic restaurant salads that are named for major restaurants? You want to start there? Because you mentioned one in particular that I think can function as a meal and it can also function as a starter salad. And as a wrap. And as a wrap. You know where I'm going with this. That is the Caesar salad. Yes. Named for the guy who invented it. Yes. Caesar Cardini, who was the chef at Caesar's in Tijuana, which is attached Mm -hmm. to a hotel. It is a, he was an Italian immigrant to Mexico. Uh, The story goes that one night the ovens or the, whatever the heating element was went out. 
and they could not make their proper regular proteins and big meals. So in order to sort of add a bit of a misdirect, Cesar Cardini was tasked with creating a salad table side so that uh, it would keep the the patrons entertained as he whipped up this salad. So this all came about in one night in, I think, the 20s or 30s mm-hmm. at the restaurant in Tijuana. I got to say, Hal, it is – I've eaten in that restaurant. I've had that Caesar salad prepared table side in mm-hmm. Tijuana because it's just a – it's a half hour from Comic-Con to go get that salad. So – uh, Edelstein and I went down there at this last San Diego Comic Con. We went and we, we got this salad. As a person who does not like a ton of dressing, the dressing is the star of this particular version of the salad. They make, they have a giant bowl. They whip up all of the dressing ingredients until they have a pool of the dressing at the bottom. And then they just dredge large individual romaine leaves. Have you had this salad there before? I've not been there, but mm-hmm. I know, you know, the, the thing of Caesar salad is the mm-hmm. dressing. That is yeah. what sets it apart. Other than that, it could be almost any other salad. Right. The no, dressing, of it's course. It's the only one to use romaine. The dre- yeah, the dressing is egg yolks. It's anchovy paste. Yep. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire olive sauce. oil. Lemon. Olive oil. Lemon. Garlic. Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. And Dijon mustard. Those are yeah. Caesar Cardini's ingredients. I'm sure there are variations on it. But yeah, you know what's funny? That Caesar salad I had was the most authentic Caesar salad. Yeah. I kind of like what America has done to it. Okay. And you know what I mean? I like it cut up. I like it dressed a little lighter. I like shaved parm on the top. Uh, you know what I do, though? What I do do? always ask. I would like, are there chunks? Because uh, maybe this is more of a U.S. thing, but sometimes there are chunks of anchovy in the Right, so not just the paste minced like, in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm always like, I don't want anchovies added to it. Yeah. And they're like, you know it's in the dressing. Like, I do. I do yeah. get that. I just don't want chunks or bits of it it's mm-hmm. too much way too salty way too strong yeah but it works with all the other flavors so well that if you uh, you know it is it is sort of like a weird the salad isn't for everybody like is the best salad one that a vegetarian can eat because in that case i would imagine it's eliminated it's an it's a thing that celebrates vegetables right uh, in many it in is. many I, yeah I, mean, this, I don't want to eliminate the caesar salad but that's the thing to think about the other thing that is great with it is it can take almost any protein and make it work. It's great with chicken. It's also great with steak. It's fantastic oh, yeah. with shrimp. What's your you go-to? In it. I would rather have chicken on it than anything else. Yeah, I think me too. White meat chicken. But I want it mixed in. I don't like it laid on top. I like it to have a little bit of the flavor because w- yeah. white meat chicken really doesn't have much of a flavor to it. But that's the beauty of it is that it will take on whatever you cook it with. If you season a, a chicken when you're roasting it, you can get a lot of flavor into the breast that way. But when you're just grilling strips of it, it's going to be dry. It's going to yeah. be drier. And it's only really going to have the seasoning that's on the top because you're not taking a lot of care with it. It's like, let's grill up some chicken strips and put it on there. You want it mixed in. It should be – it adds not only great texture, but it adds to the depth of flavor of the salad if it's grilled up right. But it also – it needs to work with the dressing and have the dressing on it. So it's like everything – the composed bite is out of this world. Do you like tomatoes in there? No. Not a Caesar salad with tomatoes. I don't mind. That feels like it's getting – because I, I think it's – for me, a Caesar salad is a certain set of ingredients. It's whatever way they're combined. You know what I mean? Do you put right. whole anchovies or just anchovy paste? Do you use small croutons or one big crouton? How do you do the parm? But the ingredients themselves are the same, and I think they're simple and they're perfect. I think it's okay. a perfect combination of flavors. Do you put tomatoes on yours? I wouldn't put them on, but if they're served that way, I love tomatoes. I love raw tomatoes, so I'm happy to have it. Right on. It works better than you think it should, given the fact that it's not part of it. Romaine's like a pretty mild. Yeah. It's pretty mild lettuce. It's got like a little bit good of crunch. to it, but not really. Yeah. It's got a good crunch. I do like uh, the best one that I ever had, which is at that restaurant in Pasadena. I wish I could remember the name of it. Maybe John does. I'll ask him. It had like the full long leaves. It was mm-hmm. like they took like a head of romaine and just cut the heel off of it so that it was separated. And then that was see, so you got like it's just you you have to knife and fork it. Yeah. And it gives you great crunch, 
from the tip all the way down to the heel. Like the whole part of the romaine lettuce gives you a good bite. And sometimes when it's chopped up, you get like the flimsy, really soggy pieces of lettuce, which even though I enjoy dressing, I don't like. Like I want the salad to have a little resistance when I bite in. I do want to say, though, I think that in discussing these, we should probably try to keep it the best version of each of these salads. Is that fair to say? Sure. Or do you want to take into account that it's easy to screw up a certain kind of salad? You know what I mean? Or so think, are we looking I at the best would, versions? I think we're always looking at the best versions. And yeah. our, our best versions might be a little bit different, but right. I think we both enjoy that salad very we do. much. What, what else is in this category? Well, before we jump to that, I want to point out the best version of this salad I ever had, which is a crazy version of this salad. It was a lot of fun. And it was at a restaurant in Chicago. Who is the guy on MasterChef that wears the white glasses? Ken, if oh, you know this, put it in the thing. You about. know who I'm talking I about? The nice yeah. one. There's like two mean guys and a nice guy. Yeah. He's the nice guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. His restaurant in Chicago, it was a bed of shredded romaine, undressed, and then on top of it, he created a crouton Twinkie where the filling was the Caesar dressing. And it would come to your table and you would slice up the crouton Twinkie and it would just sort of all melt into a Caesar salad. And it was a lot of fun and it was delicious. Graham Elliott Bowles is his name. Thank you, Ken Plume. So yeah, so th- I'm going to put that. We've talked enough about it that it seems like we both enjoy them. I'm putting that on the list. Let's go to another restaurant specific salad. It's now made its way everywhere, but it began specifically at the Brown Derby restaurant in 1937, which was owned, of course, by a man named Cobb who named his salad mm-hmm. after himself. The Cobb salad features salad greens, tomatoes, bacon, chicken, hard boiled egg, avocado, chives, Roquefort cheese, and red wine vinaigrette. Are you a Cobb salad fan? Too much going on. Come on. Simple salad. It's a whole meal, but I love them. I love a Cobb salad. I get it. Mm -hmm. I think salads at their best don't need a ton. Like no matter what, even if it's like a more far out salad at like a gastro pub or something like that, I think you'll find that by and large, it's like five ingredients. Five, maybe six. And I have no problem with the salad as a meal. If it's like, which salad is the best meal? It's probably going to be this one just because of the sheer volume of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's, for my taste, it's a little bit too busy. All right. I will say one detriment to it for me is it's generally served, in my experience with it, it's generally been served to me as a composed salad where I like a mixed you know, I like it to come tossed. Normally yeah, it's brought, it's second. very pretty. And I don't think I've ever deliberately mixed up a Cobb salad. I get the Cobb salad. I eat all the bacon. I eat the hard boiled egg. I eat the chicken. I eat the avocado. And then I start tossing everything else into a salad. So it's not really even a salad at first. It's a, an assortment of ingredients that I eat individually followed by a salad. Uh, Ken is pointing out that the Brown Derby in Walt Disney world mixes that salad table side. Yeah. But generally, the versions I've had have been a composed salad. Yeah. I love it. They they do. Of course, Disney would be the place they're like, we know the worst part of the salad is that you have to make it into a salad. So here, we'll do it for you. We'll feed you too. This is also the company that owns the company that brought us Wally. And we know how those humans ended up. That's right. (laughs) They all had their salad mixed for them. (laughs) And now they're just in chairs all the time, floating in leisure chairs in space. In Walling, I think they mix their Cobb salads right in their mouth. It just gets dumped in. It's put in a blender and poured. The ingredients are dumped in and they put a tiny hand mixer in there and just try to avoid teeth. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's – we maybe can safely eliminate. So you don't want to take the cob to the finals. I I wouldn't personally know. Would you? Generally, I would. But I think think there are more – it's also one that I eat all the time. It's one that it's, it's a, it's a staple of my meal times, especially when I was trying to do low carb diet for a long time, trying to have sure. a low carb lifestyle. I ate a lot of Cobb salads. Oh, you're that. living that low carb lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to say diet because it has connotations. So I switched to it lifestyle, does. but it also sounds like a, an infomercial that would be on a 2 a.m. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mark Agliardi and this is low carb yeah. lifestyle. Welcome to low carb lifestyle, guys. Today we're making uh, carb free pancakes. It's just oil in a pan with a little bit of sucralose on top. <laughs> Pour it on your face while it's still hot. <laughs> Quick, Do get it. this tiny hand mixer and it'll whip it up like egg whites. 
You're going to feel like you're storming a castle with medieval Saxony. Just pour it all over your face. No, they don't want you in there. I'm going to put an asterisk next to this. It might. I think it's going to get bumped. As of right now, it's like I'm going to go by Jeopardy rules right now. It's got a pretty low score, so there's one that can get a higher score that's going to bump it. But for right now. I just hate this, like, we have to take one composed salad. We have to take one toss salad. Oh, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not doing it that way. I'm fine with taking it. I understand it's – I'm more than willing to say, like, it's not for me, but it has value as a salad in the world. Yeah. I have a couple more of these uh, Mm -hmm. restaurant-specific salads. Let's go now all the way across the country from – from Hollywood, California to New York City to the Waldorf Astoria, created in 1896 for the St. Mary's Hospital for Children's Charity Ball by Oscar Chirky, however you say his name. He's long gone. He doesn't care if I say his name right. Originally, it was just celery, apple, and mayo, but by 1928, it had become the Waldorf salad we know, which is celery, apple, walnuts, grapes, lettuce, and mayo. I am, I love all the ingredients in that and I've made salads with all those ingredients. You immediately lose me when mayo is the dressing. Why would you order something that looks like somebody just emptied a garbage disposal into a bowl and brought it to your table? Now, how? How? I have respect for you is what I'm saying. (laughs) I do like a Waldorf salad. If the mayo is light, it can be so easy to make it heavy handed with the mayo. But I do like that combo. You know what I mean? I like that flavor combo. You don't like that flavor combo? This is too much going on. Again, like – What is – how many – are you really making five ingredients the cutoff for this? Are I'm we going to – are we going with the Pizza Hut not, side I'm salad? Gonna, I'm not going to eliminate everything. I'm saying even like the – even like a higher-end salad is like fewer things. And you can, with a small number of ingredients and the right dressing, create a really interesting flavor profile. Yeah. And bite and all of that stuff. You don't need like grapes and walnuts and celery and, and throw some mayo in there and lettuce and, and a horse. Well, and look, come on. There's, there's not that many ingredients. Celery, apple, walnut, grapes, lettuce. That's five. There's your five. Like a, it looks like a bowl of slop you would feed to a pig. We are not pigs. We are humans. Sorry. Well, I don't think it def- – I like a Waldorf salad. I don't think it defeats the cob, so we're eliminating that. All right, 1860s Moscow. We're going for the Olivier salad, lesser known in the States but huge in Russia. 1860s Moscow from La Hermitage. Diced potato, carrot, pickle, peas, eggs, onion, diced boiled chicken, apple, salt and pepper, mustard, and mayo. You want to talk about a lot going on. That uh-huh. is – did I lose you for a second? No. No, I, um, I'm good. <laughs> uh, just because Russia invaded Ukraine, we're taking the Russian salad off the list. <laughs> and also, it's a bad salad. No, it's, I don't think it's a terrible salad. Hmm. But it feels like a, it definitely feels like that Eastern European, like Russian. Yeah. Like I yeah. come from Russian and Polish stock, and it's a lot of like it's cold out. This is what we have. Yeah, we mix it up in the bowl, and that's our lunch. We take like, potatoes. Like, we have potatoes. We have pickles. Potatoes, pickles, mixed potato, pickle, carrot is good. Uh, yes. Like, Almost every regional dish similar to a salad like that mm-hmm. is either born of a mistake or necessity. Like it's cheap. The Philadelphia cheesesteak is, is was a cheap – it was cheap meat, cheap cheese on a bun, easy, make it and go. Yeah. Buffalo wings were a mistake. Really? Yeah. They were trying to get uh, – I forget. It wasn't like chicken feet. They ordered something and they got wings instead. So they just figured – they had to improvise and do something with it. So, Wait, you if they were like, so there was a very good chance that we would all be sitting down to watch the Super Bowl and eating buffalo chicken feet? No, I think it would have just remained whatever like regional thing was going on there in Buffalo. Yeah. But they made they wound up by mistake making a dish that just set everything on fire. Like oof. Everybody was excited and it's going to set us on fire soon. You'll see. Well, <laughs> I don't want to get set on fire. You're going to you're going to be set on fire. All right, let's take a quick break and when we come back, we are going to go around the world. We'll be right back. Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? 
look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune in to Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Wow, Emily, we've been doing this podcast for 10 years. I know, but hey, don't worry. You can jump in at literally any episode and hear us talk about some of our favorite stuff, caterpillars becoming butterflies. Martha Stewart flying around in a private jet full of trees. Yes, you heard me right. Trees. Neighbors becoming enemies. Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever messed up stuff we can find on Wikipedia. Our impeccable taste in everything from dogs to TV shows to bodily functions. And horses. Lots and lots of horses. Come for our horned up rants about the world. Stay for the catchy theme songs. You might not learn anything, but we're a good hang. Baby Geniuses. Every other week on MaximumFun.org. Baby Geniuses. Tell us something we don't know. All right, Hal, we're leaving. Beige salad, says the guy who writes Disney World's Brown Derby mixes tableside. I, I, please. I wish the people of the please. world could see the delightful combination of fact and snark that is Ken Plume during the chat while we're doing these episodes. Yeah. Ken has his favorite and like we're, we're getting either lambasted in the comments or convinced in the cup. Co- yeah. For years now. But also sometimes facts. Too. Oh yeah. Like it's all. It's all, it's all in there. Yeah. It's not accusatory. It's just what's No, happened. it's a big, big part, big part of the show. Yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark's not disagreeing. This is, is that the latest thing with beige salad. I, have I said anything about beige? I like like complex stuff that I've never had before in a salad. I'm fine to try it. And sometimes it's like shocking how good it is because yeah. it's stuff outside of my comfort zone, but they're always really simple in how they're assembled. What is the dish, salad or not? What's the dish outside your comfort zone? That you didn't expect to love that you loved the most. Um, jeez, I really enjoyed. I was never a Brussels sprouts guy, and roasted mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts I got really into for a while. Kale, like roasted kale, I liked for a while. Ooh, yeah, I really like. I had a carrot ginger soup one time that was so good that I asked the server to tell the chef specifically how good I thought it was, and I chased that dragon for a while. And I've never been like a carrot, like just pure, yeah, vegetable soup guy like that mm-hmm. and it was amazing what about you now that you've got me thinking i've uh i've got i just had this butternut squash soup recently that i never would think i'm just yeah. gonna have pureed butternut squash soup but man it was really good one of the things that i had and loved is actually on this list and we will get to it it's also mm-hmm. the one i mentioned before as being almost too hot for me to eat what is it let's reveal. let's okay reveal. we're gonna take we're gonna take our trip around the world and we're gonna start in asia i have a couple of them uh both from southeast asia both uh mm-hmm. from the lao people okay the first is larb you had larb which is minced meat chili lime onions and herbs a salad of that mixed and served in lettuce cups the uh, larb right. you'll frequently see in a thai restaurants but the one i'm thinking of which is very good i like larb a lot it doesn't feel really like a salad it feels like a taco where the shell is lettuce yeah it's a lettuce wrap that's not a salad yeah. the one i'm thinking of is it began in laos in the late 18th century and that is the green papaya salad it is okay. shredded unripe papaya lime chili fish sauce palm sugar So the palm sugar gives it the sweet, the fish Mm -hmm. sauce gives it the umami, the lime gives it the tartness. Yeah. There's salt in it. It's salted as well. So there's the salty. So you've got a lot of your different tastes. Yeah. The acidity from the lime, but the chili, the chili is the thing. Order a green papaya salad in the United States and it will be very spicy. Specify what spice level you want to handle. It's so good. It's so refreshing with a Singha Thai beer. If you order one of these in Thailand, my friend, mm-hmm. you don't drink. I don't. You would have 10 beers just to get through this salad. It's so spicy, but it's so good. Mike Shaw and I from Blood and Treasure, yeah. and he's a big dude, a big like workout dude who is tough and strong and can eat anything. Both of us were tearing up while sitting and eating green papaya salads from like a street corner spot. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. They're not going to, the menu is not, they don't have an English menu. They're going to give you their version of the thing. Sure. But that was one of those delightful surprises. I love a Thai papaya salad. I don't know if it's going to 
be in the finals, specifically because it is prohibitively spicy. Yeah, I mean, the great thing about like Thai food and then even moving around Asia a little bit more, Indian food, Himalayan food is that they have mastered like the, the heat. It, it can be off the charts, but yeah. you still get the flavor of what you're eating. Yeah. So I can go like for there, there's a place in Culver City that I recommend anybody who comes to the LA area called Tara Himalayan cuisine. Very, very good and well known. And I would get like out of 10, I would get like eight. Mm-hmm. Eight level spice in the chicken and it would be hot, but you would be still be able to taste stuff. And I think that is the best type of heat. And that's yeah. all over Southeast Asian cuisine. You can find examples of that. And it's great. If you can tolerate heat, like that is the way to do it as opposed to like the, we scorched your nose and, and hurt your throat and you can't. What man? We didn't want you to taste the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, please Lord. There's a difference between the heat is part of the food culture and the heat mm. is a challenge to see if you can take it. Yeah. I don't like the challenge version. I like the heat is the part of the food culture version. For sure. For yeah. sure. Maybe this is a finalist. What do you think? I'm not personally like, I like that all those flavors are present. I probably would enjoy it. I've never had it before. It's really so good. I yeah. I can't really speak on it one way or, or another. That's fair. I don't want to take a one-sided victory. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean it shouldn't win. I just, uh, I, I've not had it. Also, it feels like the primary ingredient is noodles, which is uh, to me is a different kind of. It's not noodles. It's, uh, it's papaya. Oh, that's papaya that's shredded in there. Yeah, that's. Oh, or if you're looking at a picture of it, what you are looking at is, yeah, you are looking at shredded papaya. Oh, okay, good. All right, that's yeah. what I'm saying. All right, cool. Yeah, it does look like noodles though. Yeah, I mean, like it could be, it feels like a meal in and of itself. Yeah. As opposed to like, I'll have that and then give me, and then I'll have like Tom Yum soup and then mm-hmm. give me like Pad CU. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I probably would have that and that might be enough. Right. Um, even if you're, order. even if it's, you may not even be full, you may just be exhausted after eating it. Right. It sounds like, a, yeah. it sounds like an event. So let's visit the Middle East now, shall we? Let's go okay. from Laos and Thailand and Cambodia and Southeast Asia and move Southwest into the Middle East. And let's talk about tabbouleh. Are you familiar with tabbouleh, Hal? Sure. Uh, that is, for those who don't know, it's parsley, tomato, mint, onion, bulgur, olive oil, lemon, salt, and pepper. Born in the Middle Ages in Lebanon and Syria. I like tabbouleh. Yeah, I don't love it. It feels like a teeny little salad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything I mean, in there is, is the parsley feels like teeny little lettuce. Yeah, t- everything's chopped up really teeny in it. Feels more like a there's dip. There's a lot of like in the Middle East. There's a lot of like the food is very small in yeah. Israel as well. It's like you like even though their couscous is bigger, it's still like it's couscous. It's shredded. It was like shredded or chopped very fine cucumber and tomato mm-hmm. and all these things put in together. And I don't know what that's a function of. If it's easier to eat it by hand or easier to store and carry it if you're like Bedouin and you're out in the desert trekking around or, or whatever. I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what the thing is. I'm not a huge fan of like it's mint and olives and the, like it's, it's too many. It's very. Oh, we're back to, specific. we're back to too many ingredients. No, no, no. It's very regionally specific yeah. palette. But I guess that they all are. It just feels like that's not my jam at all. Yeah. Even though it's, I visited the Middle East. It is lovely. Mm. I had lovely meals there and definitely tried things that I would not have normally eaten and they were, they were good. But just generally speaking, I don't like mint in salads. Yeah. And you can find mint in others. This is the only one that has it. Mm. Just mint to me is like it goes in a drink or it goes in a toothpaste. Fact goes in a toothpaste or in my ice cream. There you go. Or like I, in a chocolate. I do like mint used in interesting ways, uh, which you find in this area of the world a lot. But yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a huge tabbouleh guy. It, uh, it's, it's good. I think sometimes the parsley overpowers a little. You get a little too bitter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like it. All right. Let's go north. We're going. We're taking that one off. I, by the way, my whole desk is now covered in the post-it notes that were creating a frame around my screen. You trying to figure out which salad is the murderer? Which exactly? I've read thread that's connecting all of them. Let's go to a, little, a little further north to the islands of Greece, and we're going to go with the horiatiki salad, which means peasant salad, which is also known as a Greek salad. That is tomato, cucumber, onion, feta, olive salt, and olive oil, and famously no lettuce in a proper Greek yes. salad. No lettuce. Very I simple. love a Greek salad. Because it's simple. It is a simple yeah. combination of things. It's, you got the olive, the feta cheese, 
you got the the onion, the like the the cucumber, like it's a very simple collection of of things. I'm not a huge raw onion, and I hate olives. I love Guys, olives, but I don't like raw onions. Jennifer loves a Greek salad. If I called her in here right now, I was like, I got a Greek salad. She would probably be excited and go, why are you, do you have a salad in your office? It should be in the refrigerator. <laughs> that is a safer place for it. I'm sure. It's hot up here. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great salad. It's great, simple. And it also is a very like, I don't know. It conjures a lot of imagery of Greece in my head. And that, that isn't, has nothing to say whether it's the best or not. Sure. I kind of like but that. But it kind of does. Like, of Greece. Yeah. If it is evocative of the islands and it is, it is exactly what it sets out to be. It's Greek. Mm-hmm. It, what does Greek cuisine enjoy? All of these flavors. So here are all of the flavors of Greece. Not all of many of the flavors of Greece and the Mediterranean in one. Uh, delightful combination. I'm putting this on the finalist list. Okay. I like a Greek salad a lot. Do it. See if I care. Yeah, you do. All right. Next, we're going to go, we're going to stay in the Mediterranean, but we're going to make our way, uh, north and west to the beautiful French city of Nice, home, of course, of the Niçois salad, which is tomato, hard-boiled eggs, once again, Niçois olives, anchovies, cucumbers, olive oil, and tuna, invented in the early 20th century in the city of Nice. That is a lot of bold flavors happening. I just, can we not with the tuna and the salad? (laughs) It stinks. (laughs) Did you just, did you just pull on the critic? It stinks. It stinks. It smells so bad. Tuna smells so bad. We're not, it's, it's just not like, I can't, I can't deal with it in things. I can't. Yeah. All right. I know this is not about what I like. I mean, it is ultimately just two dudes. Yeah. Just going like, this is the best thing. We get the comic conceit of it, but I can't, I would not, I would feel like I had failed myself if I allowed something with smelly tuna and olives. Through. And anchovies. Olives. You're pointing out the tuna it's smells so bad. I like it's not anchovy paste. It's straight up anchovies. I know, but I mean, like, I like something that has anchovy paste in it. So it'd be weird to be like, yeah, the raw anchovy. Like, it's all yeah. too. It, like, it, come on. All right. Well, how about this? Let's leave France. Let's cut back east a little bit to Italy. We're gonna cut mm-hmm. back real quick. To we're almost Crazy done. Salad. We're almost done with our tour of the world, but we are gonna stop for a caprese salad. That is, of course, the colors of the Italian flag, which is why it's also known as a tricolore salad. Uh, the white mozzarella, the green basil, and the red tomatoes. Eaten with mutts. Oh, yeah. I love a caprese salad. It's good. It's a delivery system for mozzarella cheese. You think so? You think it's, you don't think it's, yeah. it's, you think that there's one star of the caprese salad? 100%. Interesting. Yeah, I guess you're I right. There's frequently a caprese. At a party, the caprese salad is going to be, by the end of the party, a plate of tomatoes and basil. Yeah. Like that's like you can eat, not, you can like not eat part of it and be okay. I mean, it's good as a composed bite. It's, yeah. I love a caprese salad. It's really good. It's refreshing. Yeah. You can use a little salt and a little pepper. Like there's, there's room. I think you have room to season it mm-hmm. to your witches, which is kind of a cool feature. Like a lot of these salads that are composed. Did you say like, to your witches? Flavor. It sounded like you said witches. Maybe that was a glitch. Yeah, if you have a coven of witches that yeah. live in your house. And you want to throw a party and these witches are yeah. like, we love mozzarella. Yes, we love it. <laughs> I like to add salt and pepper to mine. <laughs> I like that our witches are witch hazel from Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they run to the table yeah. and a bunch of bobby pins are flying in the air behind them. <laughs> They're excited to eat. With their tiny, the skinny stuff. little legs and feet on their yeah. bodies that look like bells. <laughs> little Chuck Jones bitches running around. Also, the caprese salad, one of the only salads that is fully able to be turned into a skewer without any loss of flavors. You ever have like a caprese all off. Oh, you mean like I like a caprese skewers. I love caprese skewers. Like at a party, just the little the little balls of mozzarella, cherry tomato and rolled up basil. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's 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 a good it, it's good. Yeah. It's still like it's a mozzarella dish that has other stuff there. All right. With a vegetable plate. 
All right. Now, uh, so that is our trip around the world. We have completed our wow. trip around the world, Hal. Now we, we are going it. to go to a completely different type of salad. Are you familiar with a bound salad? Uh, I've read Fifty Shades of Grey, Mark. I know about a bound salad. Yeah. This this salad. You know what? Nope. I'm not even going to start <laughs> down that path. You're talking about salads where it's basically like here's a ton of mayonnaise to hold it together, like a chicken salad. Yes, that is usually the binder is mayo. I want to tell a quick story, and this is a Ken Plume story. I don't know if I've told this story on the show before. Oh, boy. When we go to Dragon Con, the first night of Dragon Con is always a trip to a restaurant called Pity Pat's Porch in was, uh, Atlanta. Yeah. It was, yes. it was In Atlanta, a delightful restaurant. And when you order an entree there, there is a salad bar. And we didn't have salad bar listed as best salad. With good reason. Fair. Go on. Um, and she's like, y'all can go up to the salad bar and, uh, feel free to partake as we, you were preparing your entrees, but the salad bar is open. Y'all go ahead. And I went up to the salad bar and the salad bar consisted of regular, a big thing of regular already made salad, like lettuce and all the vegetables. Then, yeah. Chicken salad, tomatoes, or chicken salad, tuna salad, macaroni salad, potato salad, ambrosia salad, which, well, I've added that to a different category, and tuna salad. I was like, I love, this is the most southern thing in the world that your salad bar is. Potato salad, chicken salad, egg salad, macaroni salad. Oh, nothing made me happier. I love it. You just it. take your plate and you run it along all of them oh, like a big scoop, yeah. and then you have it. Then you have a Neapolitan of salads. There's also, they also had that one salad that my mom used to make when I was a kid where it's just shredded carrots and raisins. Yeah, that's, that's called, um, gross salad. You don't, how? That's like what, come on, that's what the mother from Better Off Dead would make. We have some French dressing and French fries that she puts it in that blue mold, that blue mucus mold, (laughs) and it starts crawling off the table midway through the meal. Um, I forget the name of that of that salad. I think it's called like a shredded carrot and raisins. I don't think it has like a cool name. Maybe it does. But fair. There's no way on this green earth of ours that that's gonna win. But it is like it's fun that that gets included. Yeah, I gotta throw. I mean, I just have to throw the bound salads in. You know what would be great? Here's my here's my pitch for you. I'm Wait, gonna if you want to if you want to take stuff at the salad bar, can we include a two pack of Zesta crackers? Yeah, that and one. that and that ladle full of pudding. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh oh man. Now I'm thinking back idea? to my idea was this is not good this is not in contention, but I feel like some of these bound salads can be combined with some of our salads that did not make the cut. I'm looking at you, potato salad or chicken salad, meats, Waldorf, walnuts, grapes inside a chicken salad. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. you're just you're just sort of waiting this out, aren't you? Any bound salad is a salad that's made at Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon's restaurant. <laughs> what a specific <laughs> reference! I I'm sitting here. A lot of times when you're talking, I'm just crafting ideas. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm a terrible listener. No, no, no. That's my wife. I remember the director's cut of Pulp Fiction when she says, "Do you listen or do you wait to talk?" I know how this show works now. After <laughs> now that we're in season two, now I know. Um, all right, I'm taking the bound salads off the list. Oh, one more, one more bound salad that I think uh, is worth uh, is worth a mention. I don't even know if this would be called a bound salad because it's not necessarily held together with mayo, uh, but it's got its own dressing, and that is from the Dutch in 1770 in New York. Uh, cabbage, carrots, and dressing, coleslaw, classic. Yeah, I, don't, you, I consider that more of a side dish. Yeah, and, and the. I, I'm not generally a huge coleslaw person, but the coleslaw at the pantry in Los Angeles, which is right near LA Live, yeah. is so good that you are doing yourself a disservice if you do not have it at some point in your life. Yeah. I look, I love a good coleslaw. Yeah. I don't know if our best salad episode, if coleslaw is the winner, if that'll be a satisfying victor. I have one, I have, I have two more salads before we get to the dessert salads. And that is, of course, created in 1960s Texas. What else? But the taco salad. That's Chilling. right. Give me a big old tortilla, dip it in oil till it turns into a bowl, and then fill it with all the crap that I would put in a burrito or a taco. Oh, yeah. It's like sour cream, black beans, it's, tomato, yeah. shredded cheese, shredded lettuce, and chopped tomato. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 uh, it's, 
Tex-Mex fixins in salad form. That's not a salad. That is, yeah. It's probably not a good, like, that's the whole thing. Like, and you can eat the bowl. That's like your uncle's favorite salad. He's like, but hold all the, hold all the uh, rabbit food. Just throw a pound of meat in there. Yeah. Hey, uh, would you, would you like a salad with your steak? Is it a taco salad? Um, no, sir. It's a dinner salad. Then I don't want that rabbit food, but I would like a taco salad. Can you put one of those? You know, just put the steak in the taco salad. Well, there's a bed of lettuce. No, there's not anymore. There's a bed of ground beef. <laughs> and how do you want that steak cooked? I want it to have just completed its will. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to throw one more in before we get to the dessert, the two dessert salad or three dessert salads ish. One's kind of a dessert salad. Uh, and that is, of course, look, this is host's prerogative. I'm going with my own personal favorite. Salad that I make in the summertime that I will take to a barbecue. I will take to a potluck and it's very few ingredients and surprisingly no lettuce. Olive oil and vinegar as the, uh, as the dressing with a little bit of thyme. So you get that little lemoniness to it or you can even use lemon juice in it. And the, uh, the three ingredients in it are fennel, green apples and celery. I'm not saying it's going to win. Salad. I'm saying try it. It's my favorite salad in the world. Sure. Sounds like a very nice light salad. It's Perfect great. for summertime. Perfect for summertime. If you want to get a little bit extra sort of licorice flavor from the fennel, put the fronds in there and swap out the thyme for tarragon. You'll, it'll be a little bit more licorice But yeah, that's one of my favorites. Should we go to dessert salads? There's Please. three of them. Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Fruit salad, salad, classic fruit salad, which we would always have at my house at the end of Thanksgiving dinner. My mom always made really good fruit salad. Then there's, of course, ambrosia salad, which uh, ambrosia salad and Watergate salad, both which came about in the uh, weird mid-century era of let's make salads out of Cool Whip. So ambrosia is Cool Whip, vanilla yogurt, coconut, mandarins, cherries, Pineapple, pecans, and mini marshmallows. The Watergate salad, very similar. Cool Whip, miniature marshmallows. The powder from Jello pistachio pudding, pineapple chunks, and potentially maraschino cherries. Yeah. Uh, I've told the Ambrosia story here before, haven't I? I don't know. But we may have new listeners. We have a, we just did Max Fun Drive. There's lots of new people out there listening to the show. Yeah. Tell the story. I, like my father, struggle with my weight my whole life mm-hmm. up and down. My father also went through the periods up and down. He's great health now. But he when I don't even know if I was born yet, but my father was trying to watch his weight and my mother was going to make him ambrosia salad, which is not healthy. No. And so she made it and then realized like what am I doing? I think it was that she made it and then threw it out. She was like I can't I'm not helping him and she's like she he probably won't even remember that I was going to make ambrosia salad. He probably won't even remember. He's trying to lose weight. It's fine. So the end of the workday comes. My father walks through the door. Or should I say he enters singing, Ambrosia, I will eat my ambrosia. I'm going to have some ambrosia. My mother bursts into tears. Oh, because she'd thrown it away. Threw it away. Oh. My dad, and I, all I can picture, I've never talked to him about this, and maybe he'll listen to this episode and tell me, but I don't know how long he was singing that, or he thought of it, or if it's based on a, it might be based on an existing work, but like, the there's forethought in that of like, I'm so excited oh. about Ambrosia, that I can't, like a like in a Broadway musical, I've... I've reached the limit of expression through words. I must sing of my joy about this ambrosia. And oh, what a bitter pill to swallow. Now it was no. Seinfeld style was the eclair on the top. Well, it was at the bottom of the trash. So. Well, that's what I meant. Was it on the top of the trash like the eclair in that one Seinfeld episode where George was like, the eclair was on the top. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think there was an eclair. I think it was just like the whipped cream and the jello and the, what you know, like all the marshmallows. Right. Oh no, whatever. no, I know what it is. My oh, point being, right. Hal, it was not salvageable from where it had ultimately landed. Was it the first yeah. thing in the trash bag, thus rendering that bag not necessarily a trash bag yet? I don't know. You're asking great questions that I have zero answers for. Fair. But I just love that story, which my mother it's would so tell. So sad. Oh, glee. We have, we never ate ambrosia salad, but we did eat Watergate salad every year, also at Thanksgiving. 
because that's yeah, that's what you do. You have salads that aren't really salads. Are any of these finalists? They're fun. None of them are salads, though. Uh, so let's look at our our finalists. There were a couple that uh, that made it through that just barely squeaked through. We have four finalists, and they are the Caesar salad, the Cobb salad, the green papaya salad, and the Greek salad. Of these four, how are you leaning? Take your temperature right now. I think my temperature is different than our temperature. Okay. What do you think the winner should be of these four? My personal favorite is the Cobb salad, but I think our victor is between the Caesar salad and the Greek salad. Okay. What makes you say that? Because you don't like Cobb salads. No. Like I said, I'm willing to separate what I like. For me, the Cobb salad of it is like you have to make the salad. Like They're like, here's all the stuff. Go make your salad. Yeah. I know they mix it up at Disney World, but that's not where everybody eats it. <laughs> so Fair. I've seen a lot of Cobb salads served in my life. I've, I've not ordered them, but I've seen them served. They seem fine. They have a lot of good stuff in them. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day – I, I, I have very little appreciation for something where they're like, all right, have at it. Well, Make it's it. composed. It's designed to be a composed dish. And also there is the protein is chosen for you. The proteins that are on this salad are specifically chosen. Unlike a Caesar, which is great with any protein, generally speaking, yeah. maybe not any protein. I wouldn't put, you know, black and catfish on top, but generally it complements other proteins. Well, papaya salad doesn't have any of the proteins on it. Greek salad doesn't have any proteins on it, except maybe a little in the feta cheese. But the Cobb salad is the proteins are specific to what it is. It is a very specific collection of ingredients that when you see this collection of ingredients, you know you are having a Cobb salad, which is a meal in itself. The other three can be used as sides or if large enough or if a protein is added to it, then it becomes a meal. Sure. The thing that I think about at it that strikes me is you talking about the Cobb salad and like mm-hmm. I eat this part and this part and this part and this part and then I turn it into like the rest of it becomes a salad. Yeah. So you're eating like courses of a meal and then turning it into a salad. Now at Disney World where they mix it for you, Mark, you don't have that option. They turn it into a complete salad dish right in front of you or otherwise you're mixing it yourself. And I get the composed part. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes things are plated a specific way to give it a look mm-hmm. and that look is not like i don't care what it looks like a- as much oh i like, do i do care about the eye test that's but i also don't like it at the expense of the ability to easily take a composed bite off of the bat yeah that there's a halfway point there that's what bothers me about the cob salad it doesn't mean it is not the winner mm-hmm. it's just it's the thing that sticks with me that i go like oh i just you know when you, especially in like a a restaurant setting, unless the whole thing is it's the melting pot and you're cooking your own food, mm-hmm. which can be a fun experience. Sure. I love the melting pot. One of the last melting pots on the planet is within 30 minutes from here. And I keep thinking like, oh, maybe we'll go. But by and large, if you're going to a restaurant, you want things to be brought to you that you don't have to go mix up and turn into. Yeah. Whatever the thing is. I will say one downside of that for me that you mentioned the, as far as the composition of it goes, it is a composed salad. It's pretty on the plate. It's beautiful when it arrives, but also it's rare in my estimation that it's rare that I have seen a Cobb salad where the bowl itself had enough space to mix it up. Right. You know what I mean? I would require that Disneyland bowl, the table side bowl. Uh, Disney World, please. Or Disney World. Yeah, for my, my mistake. Can't say, I'm sorry, you can't feel salad joy, Hal. The joy of somebody mixing up my Cobb salad so that I don't have to do it. Come on. Get out of town. Stop typing. Do you, would you agree then that it's probably between the Caesar salad and the Greek salad? Yeah, I, I, yes, I think so. Between those two. Where's your, uh, where's your mind taking you? I mean, there is one of these two salads we talked about for about 15 minutes at the top of this show. We did. I think there's, a, I, I think it's a very popular salad yeah. and that's why, like, sure. It's just, it's going to be the everywhere. first one that comes up. Yeah. It's generally like if you go to like a pizza place from, from a fancy restaurant to a pizza place, that generally if they have like more than just a garden salad, like a mm-hmm. signature salad they make, there's generally going to be a Caesar on the menu. And that's because it is popular. That doesn't make it better than a Greek salad. It's just. It's something that seems to accompany almost any kind of cuisine. Italian mm-hmm. places, Mexican restaurants, of course, is created in Tijuana. Of course, steak places, southern restaurants will have it. Like, there's just a lot of different 
restaurants that have their version of the Caesar salad or some inclusion of a Caesar salad because it is so popular. It can be made vegan. It can be made vegetarian. Like there are different ways to make it, which you can do with any of these salads. You could have a Cobb salad. Greek salad is built-in vegetarian. Yeah. Not vegan, vegetarian. Not vegan. But you could add – you could make it like a, a different kind of cheese or a substitute cheese and then it becomes vegan. So that's that's not even a consideration here. Do you feel like Greek salad is something I, – and I, I've had it but not in a very long time. Uh, to me, it felt more like – something you would have alongside something rather than like it being part of the salad course. Like there's something about it that feels a little bit like a, almost like a side dish. Also, Yeah. I think that's the lack of lettuce on it. Right. That's true. But aren't there some places that will make it with lettuce too? In my exploration of salads for this episode, everything that I read about the Greek salad had in big all caps, no lettuce. That is a big part of the Greek salad is no lettuce which I think is kind of a fun detail about it. But I would like to go back to something that you were saying before, Hal, that inspired me toward what I think might be our winner. And it's it's a versatility argument. I think a Greek salad is a beautifully composed dish. It is the, the combination of the cucumbers and tomato and feta and olives and all of these things that go so well, these wonderful Mediterranean flavors that go so well together – that, you know, a version of that is like the Chicago salad. It's the cucumbers and tomatoes has become a staple in Chicago to go along with your deep dish pizza. Right. But there's something about the Caesar salad being created in Mexico by an Italian immigrant adopted by the United States, uh, changed and improved or variants created by thousands of chefs all over. I've seen it in the deep south covered in fried chicken, fried chicken Caesar salad. I've seen, I've seen a shrimp Caesar salad, any, any protein you can put on top of it. It is on so many different menus because it complements so many things so well. And going back to our episode about the, what's the best course of the 12 courses, remembering that salad can be a course in a major meal and. Yeah. The versatility of the Caesar salad, of a well-made Caesar salad, I think might nudge it over the finish line here, past the Greek salad. I think that's a good point. And one I didn't really consider is its ability to be not only just a salad course or Mm -hmm. a small side to a larger main course or the main course itself by adding protein to it. Mm -hmm. That's And that's custom. You can add protein to anything, but... The fact that it's done so often with the Caesar salad is something to its credit. Yeah. And, it, and that, that versatility, I think, is the thing that puts it over the finish line, too. Yeah. Well, you know what? We have our answer, then. Bring us home, brother. People of the world, let's all have a salad together. Let's get that rabbit food. Don't listen to Mark's uncle. It's okay to I don't eat want salad. that Enjoy. rabbit food. You're going to eat it. You're going to eat it, Uncle Gags. <laughs> it sounded like a threat. Uncle Bill. Uncle Bill? Yeah. His name is Bill? Of course his name's Bill. Did that was that guy was that's that name is Bill. I know well, okay. Oh we, this one we would also say Billy. Does your, your dad never dad your, dad, your dad never goes by Billy, does he? He's uh family, yes. Family calls him Billy. Right. Yeah, they call him Billy. I know Bill just feels like the most uh the most meatman of names. Yeah. I'm Bill. I'm Bill. I'd like meat, please. Longhorn Bill, what y'all have a good platter of meat? Well, we do. It comes with a delightful side salad. Oh, what kind of steak do you want? Whichever one just lost a fight. <laughs> oh, okay, great. We'll bring it to you rare. Thank you. Listen, hey man, I want I want to go to Spain and get one of those steaks that the Matador just took care of. <laughs> you got those Matador steaks? Or the matador that just lost. Look, I'll, if if the matador lost, hey man, to the victor, the spoils. <laughs> I read Lord of the Flies. I'm fine with it. Donner party of two. Wait, sorry, Donner party of one. Look, if you're gonna have a salad, I think Mark like this incredible sort of melting pot salad that it was made by an Italian immigrant in Mexico, then came to the U.S. where it's been changed and moved around everybody has their own version you might like a lighter closer to the original style of dressing which is actually lighter a lot of people do more cream based there are a lot of different interpretations to it 
So it has even just how it's being served. It's whether it's salad course, you could get like 10, 20, 30 different versions in the same state at different restaurants in the same city. So that is why the Caesar salad is the best salad. I was not, I really like was very mindful not to advocate hard for it. Mm-hmm. As much as I enjoy it, because I was like, I don't want to push for the thing that is my favorite because it may not be the best. But I think you made a compelling argument and really came in at the end with it. Because not only is the origin compelling, but the flexibility of it, I think, is what makes it such a great salad. Even like as a wrap, like you can do it so many different ways that that is ultimately what makes the Caesar salad the best salad asked and answered. Put a stamp on it. It's done. Also, croutons are awesome. Okay, I just had to throw that in there. Oh, good. I like croutons right out of the box. I love them. Did you ever hear that? Look, shout out. We didn't even talk about the Olive Garden salad, which is a very good salad. (laughs) That's its own thing. That is drenched in dressing. It's too much dressing. That's too much dressing. dressing. The Olive Garden is too much of everything. It's bottomless. Endless soup, salad, and breadsticks. Like the hippopotamus. That's right. Oh, my God. This topic is closed. Thank you to Ben Ski for this topic. Sorry for not mentioning that at the top. Ben Ski, you're awesome. This was a super fun topic. There are many more topics to discuss, so please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets or email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Let's have a salad discussion, please. Facebook.com slash group slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, who you can support at patreon.com slash Ken Plume. We got Kate McManus on the research. We got Jen Alba, the QA engineer and graphic designer Uri Kelman to thank. Thank you all. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world who Hal and I would love to just dredge with uh, Caesar salad dressing, top with cheese, pile on the croutons, and gobble up as one big happy people of the world family. Ken says ew to that. You know what? Let's rewind that. Thank you. Save your judgment. The people of the world. Save your judgment. It's lovely. Thank you, Hal. See, you understood the sentiment. I wasn't going Uncle Billy and the Donner Party. I was going, yeah. We're not in Spain at the Matadors. Uncle Billy and the Donner Party is my favorite part of Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> that little jamboree they do is so good. <laughs> Look, either way, Hal and I do this show because you guys are great. And I thank you and Hal thanks you. And we would not do this show without you. So thanks for keeping us going for so long. Thanks for a great time with this episode. In short, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. I'm Mark Gagliardi. I'm Hal Lublin. Don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. We got this. Ta-da. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.